When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. And Judd Zulgad and Jonathan Harrison, we start the show yes. by going live to Chopper Score. <laughs> you bought a chopper? Wow. Get to the chopper. You bought a chopper? That's quite the budget we have. Did yeah. you tell the family that you bought a chopper? <laughs> Haven't yet, no, actually. Or are don't, they don't going, tell, what the hell? Don't tell Dan Seaman. <laughs> uh, we go to uh, Rami Maklov, who is currently in bumper to bumper traffic. You've been on the roads for, you thought, oh, I'll, I'll sneak home for a little bit, maybe, uh, maybe get a gym session in between Twins Podcast and Mackie and Judd with Rami. Where are you? How are conditions out there? Are people moving on the roads, Rami? People are not moving on the roads. I just got off uh, 280. I'm about to turn on to University and uh, into the station parking lot here. And probably about 15 minutes, the way, the way that things have been moving, you guys. I can see the station, but it's probably going to take me 15 minutes to get there. I, I live in Uptown. And it's less than a 15-minute drive. And I went home to just let the dog out, have a quick bite to eat. It took me an, it took me an hour. It took me an hour to get to Uptown from where we are, which is just by the University of Minnesota campus. And I was wondering why. I was wondering what's going on. I understand the snow and everything. Um, and I saw, I saw a bus on my, just, just before I got to my exit in Uptown. And I thought, oh, there was an accident involving a bus. Mm-mm. And then I turn on, I turn on collar on my way home, and Jonathan, and or on my way to the station, Jonathan in his traffic report tells me a bus driver was shot. There was a yeah. road rage incident, and a bus driver was shot. Yeah, according to reports from downstairs, a bus driver was shot after a crash with the sedan. There's one suspect in custody. There was a child on board the bus. The child is uninjured. Uh, so everyone's fine. We, yeah. Can we make fun yes. of it? I, no? I well, don't know. The bus driver's non-critical injuries at HCMC right now. I have a lot of questions, though, about it. I don't know it. that well, you ro- want to make fun of it. I find road rage to be hilarious. So can we separate this incident happened? It's terrible. <laughs> and I find road rage to be hilarious I'll on a parallel over here. i this one so I'm not the one getting in trouble. Yeah, Jonathan's <laughs> like, ah, I'm going to be in charge <laughs> of the station. Well, 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 everyone- Jonathan Harrison, now the <laughs> content director. As long as everyone's, like... Going to live and not have life-threatening injuries. I guess we'll find out. Well, I think the fact I, that the guy hey, shot the boss. I think the fact that the guy shot into a bus with with a kid on the bus 
It's well, that's like, not fun. No, I'm, I'm not saying no, that's no, 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 no. I know, but what I'm saying is, I think that's where if he he's going to do some hard time, which I'm sure that this guy is, that's the one where I'm like, really, the bus upset you that much? But I don't know. I I'll be honest with you guys. I was starting to rage a little bit. Like, what is going on? Why aren't you people moving? It's just snow. Move. And then just as I was just as I was getting to that boiling point, I heard Jonathan's report, and I was like, okay, Rami, deep breath. Like, okay, don't. Don't be that guy when when people are road raging so hard that somebody got and what in these conditions you're you're so upset that you're you're shooting somebody like you should expect that that the driving conditions are going to be difficult there might even be an accident like everybody calm down and take a deep breath well and and, and this like to to my point about road rage okay people get so much more irrationally mad in their cars than they do in yeah. any other scenario if you bump into someone. In the hallway at your office, and like traffic is a little thick around the water cooler today. Are you gonna, <laughs> are you gonna pull a gun on a like that's? I don't understand the gap between how we react irrationally in our cars and how we react level-headedly in every other life situation. Like, I and almost, not to mention, it's a school bus for God's sake. That's what. Yeah, I almost swung on somebody from uh, my talk over the uh, by the coffee machine you guys it was, it was real busy and i just i got real frustrated and and i had my fist balled up but i thought better of it i was like ah oh, you're the new guy here you might not get away with punching somebody over coffee actually you know what you got you bring up a good point here i was just cuz i don't get mad in my my car us Unless it's really bad, right? You don't get mad, you get even. No, no, no. Oh. I don't cut people. Off. No, because you know, ne- you never know who's got a gun. You basically. Right. So I don't. You know what? If you cut me off, I might honk. I might not. I might be ticked. But I'm going to calm down. But you know what upsets me here in the office? Full disclosure. Every day, right, Rami? Every day about two o'clock. Yes. So some of the kids from digital from the fourth floor, and they clearly don't have a coffee pot or maker. Come downstairs, which is fine. Sharing the coffee, make more coffee. It's community coffee. But every day around 2 o'clock, these kids, and I don't know what their parents told them about work environments. They're all like 28, by the way. It's funny. <laughs> okay, well, they're 25, 28. They, but Rami. just found out I'm a kid again. They, awesome. sta- they stand around the coffee pot and talk for 20 minutes. Loud. Go, ba- really yes, loud. go back to work. <laughs> Hubbard's paying you. It's Go a, back it's, upstairs. It's a, it's a social area. It's a communal area. Are, or are oh, you God. just being a grouch? No, no, you no. Just want are you silence. surprised by this? No, <laughs> I don't want him. Come down, and get your car. No, but go upstairs and be social. This is not your. This is our area. So have you thought about raging? Or this you, is our area. Okay. So, Rami, that oh, that one, you're right. It trips I, my trigger. Guys, I just arrived and I got a money parking spot. So I'll see you in just a couple minutes. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. Now I'm raging at you. Bye, Rami. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's, that's a that's a lesson though because if you've never this is this is his first month living in the Twin Cities yes and living in the Twin Cities during snowfall and uh, yeah it's 15 minutes on a good day to get from oh, yeah. 280 yeah. University to Uptown but uh, that getting from campus to Uptown you would think oh like you just look at a map that's not too far it's what four miles just uh. There's about four different ways to get there, and yeah. all of them are terrible. <laughs> and not when it's snowing. All of them are terrible. He he told me he, he was going home uh, to feed the dog and take the dog out, and I thought, I could tell him it's probably going to be bad, but you know what? He'll do it once. Learn and, and learn. learn a lesson. And plus, he's, <laughs> what, 30-something? You know, he's fine. He'll be fine. He'll be a little bit late. 
But yes, on days it snows in this town, you do not move. Like no. your car, you're, you just don't move. You get in traffic and you don't move. Yeah, it's uh, it's terrible. I've always, so since we're down this path, I've, I've the last, let's see here, two years I have, well, actually the last seven years or eight years, I've lived within two miles or two and a half miles of our workplace. So I don't even, on a day like today when people are complaining and Jonathan had an 83 minute traffic delay yesterday in one of his updates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, like a bad day for me, I'm spoiled because I live so close. A bad day for me is literally, oh, I went down university and the light rail took an extra three minutes because the timing is weird. So or, today, oh, there was a few extra cars. took you how long? To get to work this yeah. morning? Although it probably hadn't started snowing when you drove in, so that's an unfair it question. It was icy. I mean, it probably took about 12 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, that's I, good. I, it, it takes me, on a fast day, it takes me eight minutes if I hit all the stoplights. On a slow day, it might take 12 or 15 if I hit, okay. if I hit the light. Then you're not qualified to, to, uh, to, to complain. You're right. That's too good. Um, we, I, I want to wait till Rami actually gets in the room because I floated this to you off the microphone yesterday. I have a little bit of wolves steam, a little bit of wolf steam to deliver. Trade deadline Thursday. Yes. And there's rumblings. There's a big story today from Woj that the Lakers have, the Lakers have backed out of talks with the Pelicans and I think the wolves have to figure out, are they buyers or sellers and what could they buy or sell? Before he, he gets here, I, I've got a, a Pelicans question for you. If you are the New Orleans franchise. What is your incentive to trade right now? Like I, I would just wait. Davis is going nowhere. He's un- under contract to you for another year after this, I believe. Hi, I think. Rami. I think your incentive would be if you feel like this is the most competition you're going to have. If there's three teams that are going to give you big time assets for him, sure. But Boston can't do it right now, and Boston wants in. Mm-hmm. So I would just wait. Or you just feel like it's super uncomfortable and awkward that he just might sit out the rest of the season and force your hand inside. It, 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 some of it depends on how far is Anthony Davis willing to go in his effort to be traded, right? Would he, if the trade deadline comes, would he literally sit out and say, this is ridiculous, I'm not going to play? I don't know. And I don't know either. But I do have some wolves. Okay. It is reckless. It's not firsthand. Do I don't even know if it's secondhand. It's... Reckless speculation. Yeah. This show has never been about trying to f- figure out if it's firsthand, secondhand, or tenth hand. Okay, <laughs> so don't start now. So we'll do it on the other side here, just because we need some space to explore. But Rami has made it back. You hey, learned guys. your Minneapolis when it snows a little bit. You think, oh, we can totally handle this. We yeah, can't, we can't. No. Like people will we drive. No. People know how to drive. People right? pull guns. Apparently. They won't start shooting each other. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. Jesus. I mean, if you're gonna okay, School if bus. you're gonna unbelievable. Just don't road rage, period. But have some standards. School buses off limits. Yeah, you would think so. If it's a Ford Focus, I mean, maybe consider, but not a school bus. And by the way, I come out of that and I come in here and on our TCL uh, TVs here in the studio, I'm watching the Patriots Super Bowl parade. And they're moving faster than I was while driving on the interstate. Like the duck boats are going fast. I was already I was already bitter and jealous about the Patriots and now they're moving faster in a championship parade than I am down I ninety four. Like they just keep on rubbing it in my face. Welcome to the Twin Cities. Ryan <laughs> Thank you. Myron on hoops with Myron Metcalf. I can tell you about a player as a rookie. Thought he was the toughest guy in the room. The resident tough guy said you haven't proven anything and that locker room cleared out and man to man they went at it. and that this rookie got his tail whooped 
now those two are inseparable. I think Jimmy was trying to bring some of that out of Carl Towns to convince Andrew Wiggins, like, dude, you got to do something to respond to all these people saying you're soft and don't deserve that money. You prove those people wrong. Myron on Hoops, Score North, and on scorenorth.com. Excellent job by Pony. Get out there and hedge on Andrew Wiggins. Get back to his own. And Towns trying to take advantage with Jokic out of the game. Just abused Mason Plumley. And just abused him is right. Posterized. That was an awesome dunk by Towns. Too bad they couldn't win the game in the final minutes. <laughs> Trade deadline coming up here in a couple days. Yeah. I want him to use catastrophic on every cat no, dunk from no. now on. Every time he dunks. No. A catastrophic dunk. No, you gotta draw the line, man. You gotta draw that line. <laughs> you you save that, out. One. that catastrophic can only be trotted out, I would say now. Once more this year, it's got to be really rare. Really? I can't take No, See, I don't want to hear it all the I time. I think no once way. you let that cat out of that bag, let him run, man. Let him run free. Once you let that cat oh, out boy. of that bag. <laughs> See what I did? Yeah. See you guys. I'm going to head home myself <laughs> right. and go first, get stuck in traffic. First it, was, to- it was collar with the puns for three years. And now it's Rami with the puns. <laughs> ah, cat out of the bag. <laughs> so the NBA trade deadline comes up in two days. And uh, John Krasinski, our buddy from The Athletic, had a lengthy piece about the um, approaching deadline revolving around what the Wolves might or might not do. And it's interesting because it's a situation where where they have certain players that they could certainly try and move. But the interesting component to this is your GM, Scott Layden, has the job for now, but he's not assured of that job long term. So I think there is some question about the freedom he has or does not have to make deals. And then your head coach, clearly, in, in Ryan Saunders, is interim coach, who is a guy who's trying to win games. And so the question is, do the Wolves try and swing trades or not? One thing I did not realize... And I, I've been um, I've been a proponent of potentially trading Derrick Rose, but according to Krasinski's piece, n- not only is he going to miss tonight's game against uh, Memphis, correct, with a sprained right ankle, but he essentially has a no trade clause because he is in his 11th season and is on a veteran minimum deal, so he's got veto power. It sounds like on a trade, yes. Um, but that still, but that still brings us to the. Elephant in the room when it comes to trade conversations. Andrew Wiggins, who according to Johnny K, the Wolves have made calls about seeing what they might be able to do with that contract. And Phil Mackey, I believe this leads right into your potentially 11th hand. speculation. Reckless speculation. So I, I have heard fifth hand, maybe sixth hand. Okay. okay? This is not to be redistributed across the aggregator websites. <laughs> this you know is it will not, be. This, you on. know it will it's be. It's 4.19 p.m. This screams audiogram. Reckless speculation. I like that you think that'll stop the aggregator websites <laughs> by saying thinks, this, this is not to be distributed by aggregator uh, websites. He thinks it's going to stop me from making it the title for this post on the... <laughs> I've already got the title. Speculation. The Wolves, according to my fifth and sixth hand, I don't know, voices. Okay. Sources. Call them sources. Not sources. Uh, Not sources. I'm going to call them sources. But I've heard rumblings. I've heard rumblings that perhaps. Okay. Have I couched this enough? Yes. Okay. That the Wolves are trying to figure out, A, to what Johnny K was. So Johnny K saying that they are kind of shopping Andrew Wiggins. Um, that they're trying to figure out, okay, what would we have to attach to him if we were to move him? Okay. Because it's clearly 
there's not a lot of teams raising their hands to say, oh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll give you whatever you want for that contract and that player. But they're trying to figure out, would we have to give up a first-round pick with him or like another a Josh Okogie-type asset to pair with him just to get him off the books? And so whether that's right or wrong or whether that's valid or not, I think it rises to the level of posing this question on our show here. What would you attach to Andrew Wiggins just to get rid of him? Would you give up Andrew Wiggins and a first-round pick and or Josh Akogi? Would you, would, you, would you draw the line at one or the other? Because I'm to the point now with Andrew Wiggins, he's so bad, I don't care that he averages almost 20 points per game. It doesn't matter. He shoots below 40%. He loafs. Every second he's on the court, he's worthless. Saturday night been, was awful, right? It's he's worthless. Yes, mm-hmm. he was zero for ten in the second half the yeah. other night, and it's it's year five. I don't care that he still might be in his NBA prime. Like that, none of that matters. It's a lost cause, and I'm ready to trade Wiggins and a first round pick minimum. Like first I'm, round, I'm there. Wiggins and a first round pick what it would just take. to get rid of him, and that yes. that might be what it would take. You might yes, you might be I'm right there. about that, and I don't know. I'm I'm I understand what you're trying to do here. You're saying okay, we might have to take one step back to take two steps forward. Oh, I yeah. under, I understand that. I'm fully there mentally. Giving up a first round pick though, that's that's a big step back, especially if you don't make the playoffs this year. And the way that the lottery system has has been sort of has been changed to to discourage teams from tanking, you have a better chance of. Ending up in a higher slot than than what your record says that you are. So you, I mean, you could be if they don't make the playoffs. You, you're talking about maybe giving up a top ten pick in the NBA draft just to get rid of the contract of Andrew Wiggins. That's where my my mind is put a little more at ease when I look at their history of top ten draft picks and the only. <laughs> the so you just only you just assume the that's the worst right. rationale I've ever heard no, from you. No, 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 no. It's the opposite. No, it's what I'm saying is. Rami's saying, well, you might be giving up a top 10 pick, and I'm yeah. thinking, oh, so all I have to do is give up Wes Johnson? And- <laughs> no, I know, what you're saying. I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. You're saying they'd blow the pick anyway, so it's yeah. not that big of a loss. Yeah, more often than not, they would blow the pick. But I am mentally there. I think he's such a detriment. They win that game against the Nuggets if he just doesn't play. Can you imagine replacing Andrew Wiggins' 35 minutes with Robert Coving- a, hel- a healthy Robert Covington? I was just going to say, I might add... I might, They're a playoff team. I might attach Robert Covington to him. I... I'd be willing to attach. Oh God, I'd, I'd. Well, I guess if you had to, sure. I'd be willing but. to attach all, almost any one or two players who aren't named Carl Anthony Towns on this roster right now. That would hurt. That's probably would the you one. Do him? That's probably the one that would hurt the most. But I might do that just to get rid of that contract. I, I feel like. I feel like you can recover from the loss of Josh Okogie as you re- hopefully rebuild this right. thing towards something. Then you could recover from the loss of hopefully a good, potentially top 10 pick. And I'm not going to assume that they'll blow the pick as Phil is doing. I will represent the question in this way if you can find a team. Because there's always, there's always X amount of teams that believe if we get this guy in our house, he'll change. Could you get by with attempting to trade him to a team... With a second round pick attached to him, yeah, that I because that I would no. do in a heartbeat well, if I could yeah. find a team. But there's always going to be two or three teams out there who say this kid's got a ton of talent. He's a first overall pick. You have mishandled him, and if we get him, he'll change. Now they're probably wrong, but I don't care about that. Let's post a, a poll officially here, Jonathan, to the Score North Twitter account, and let's phrase it this way: 
to get rid of Andrew Wiggins, would you attach any of the following in a trade? Josh Okogi, a first-round pick, Robert Covington, let's say. I mean, Covington's older. Okogi's an interesting one because Okogi on paper, he shoots 35%, He but he's such an energizer bunny, and he looks like he understands how to play basketball, and you can't teach that type of energy and enthusiasm and motor. So I'm I'm banking on he's going to translate into something viable. I don't think he's ever going to be your best player because of Carl Anthony Towns. But I, I, I think there's a lot of upside with Okogi. So I would be more likely to trade an unknown asset, which is a number a first-round pick, than I would be to attach Josh Okogi. So the order in which I would attach things to Wiggins to get rid of him, first-round pick, probably Robert Covington just because he's older. I love Robert Covington, though. Josh Okogi, and like if you could get away with a second-round pick, by all means, but I just don't think that's going to get it done. Put aside the Wolves' history for a second, if you can, in terms of the draft picks that you have in mind when you say, I'm willing to give up a potentially top-ten draft pick just to get rid of Andrew Wiggins. Put that aside for a second and 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 think like you have a competent front office for your NBA team who will do the right thing with that Boy, pick. Can you get in that headspace a, for a second? This is a very difficult... I know. Uh, I understand. There you go. Now are you there? Have I, have, I I need, brought, have I brought you along for this ride yet? I need some more bourbon. <laughs> I need one more shot. Just give me some fireball. Or Don't something. you think you can get a better player than Josh Okogie in the, in a top ten pick in the NBA draft? Um, if it's if you're drafting number two overall, yes. If you're drafting number ten overall, I mean we've seen some incredible busts. Anthony Bennett was a number one overall pick. Okay, but now you're going back to that place again. Now you're going back <laughs> no. to that place. So, so, you're, so you're saying if you have a good executive staff and can actually get the pick right, yeah, because you're we, probably right. I mean, you laid it out that Scott Layden, chances are, won't be the GM next year, right? I don't think he will be. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 all let's so all. Chaunce, okay, a world in which Chauncey Chauncey Billups is running. There you the go. Office, there you okay? go. Now, now you're getting with it. There you go. <laughs> You sound like you're talking to an eight-year-old. There you go, Philly. Now, now you're with it. Go, go, ride the bike, ride the bicycle. So yeah, Chauncey Billups is the new GM or president of basketball operations, and he's running the draft. Now, would you trade a top ten pick or Josh Okogie? Which one would you rather? Okay, part okay, jo- okay, Josh Okogie. Okay, I'll, I'll, see, there okay, you go. I'll come to your side of that. There you go, Josh Okogie. Now the bad news from what Johnny K wrote. Oh, I didn't give you this part yet. Because, according to Johnny, several teams did check in with the Wolves last month on Andrew, wondering if they would be willing to unload his max contract for, you'll be shocked by this, pennies on the dollar, sources told The Athletic. Johnny then wrote in the following paragraph, The Wolves remain committed to getting Wiggins to improve on his consistency, believing that is a key to their prospects of long-term success. Well, yeah, okay, yes, not to Captain Obvious, a great reporter in John Krasinski, the question isn't whether and unlocking Andrew Wiggins would lead you to the promised land. The question is, no. can you unlock Andrew no, Wiggins? But the an- I'm but, out on that. But the answer to that question is absolutely not. This is not a Johnny K problem. It's a who from the Wolves really thinks this problem. Right. Like, you have to embrace the fact that you need to find the biggest suckers possible to take this guy who are thinking that. Okay, like, you've a- got to stop thinking that. Okay, there's a scene in Rounders. Has anyone seen the movie well, Rounders? Yes. Where they're sitting at, it's the first scene of the movie. And Matt Damon's character, Mike McD, or was it Mike D? Mike McD. Mike McDermott. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's my favorite movie. I just don't know the main character's name. And he says, <laughs> if you can't spot That's the... your s- favorite movie? Of all time. Really? Yes. If you can't spot the sucker at the table in the first 30 minutes, 
you are the sucker. If you're the only player at the table who thinks, oh, I can squeeze a little more out yeah. of this hand, fold. Fold your hand. You're the only one who doesn't get that you're the worst player at the table. Correct. If you still think Andrew Wiggins, oh, we can just, well, maybe if we just, no, no. This dude has played, okay, this is like, it's no longer an age thing with him. Well, he's only 23 years old or whatever he is. This dude has played in 375 career NBA basketball games and still has not just questions about inconsistent motor or does he care. He doesn't. It's not even a question. Watch him. Almost 400 times this dude has rolled out, and maybe you can point to 20 games in which there was an actual fire lit underneath him, right? Maybe 20 times. That's it. But at what like point? Three but times at, this year. But at what point in time is this franchise going to come to that conclusion and begin to move as it should? Well, may, like, well and who isn't too? Is this a Glenn? Is this a, a front office up to Glenn thing? Because I could see Glenn being a major problem here because he signed him to that contract. Yeah. Well, let's let's look at this the reverse way too, because we could sit here and debate. Okay, like Rami brought up, would you really for, first round pick or Josh Okoge? So I am mentally there. I would attach something to Wiggins just to get him off the books, even if it meant giving up another key asset. Because when I think about it the other way, how much winning can you really do the next five years, and how much can you really support one of the the best young players in the NBA and Carl Anthony Towns, if you've got this 27 to $31 million lazy albatross on the books in a salary cap league, even if you were to wind up with a great player, top 10, let's say you hang on to a draft pick and you hang on to Andrew Wiggins and you draft fourth overall, or I guess it'd have to be in the top three. So third overall, if you, if you were to win one of the lottery spots to me, you can add one of the best players in the league. They already had that in Jimmy Butler, and they still barely made the playoffs because Andrew Wiggins is terrible, and he shipwrecks you. But also because Tom Thibodeau was still the coach and because Jimmy Butler was was part of the problem himself, right? He Jimmy Butler was more a part of the problem this year. Last year, I think he was much more a part of the solution just because it wasn't quite as tumultuous. I hear what you're saying. Right. Um, but I just don't think you can, if you're paying the, there's, what did we go over the list last week? There was 490 players who've suited up in an NBA game this, this season. And by almost every measurement, he is at best the 250th or 300th best player in the league. It just happens that they give him a lot of shots. So his scoring numbers right. on an, on a per game basis go up. So let's say he's the, let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's the 250th best player in the league. I would say he's probably more like the 300th best player in the league. And you're giving that guy $30 million a year in a salary cap league? Whew. It is really... I mean, imagine paying a quarterback. We think Kirk Cousins, oh man, that guy's overpaid. Well, imagine paying Blake Bortles like $30 million and then go ahead and make the playoffs and try and win. You can't. You can't. But then what... It, I, we all agree, Andrew Wiggins, if you can get rid of that contract, you, you got to get rid of that contract. If it's at all humanly possible. But, having said what you said... Let's say they can unload it, and let's t- go back to the options we were talking about, whether it's Josh Kogi or another player on this roster versus a draft pick. And and how the next, I don't know, two, three, or like you said, four or five years lays out. you got to find the fastest route back to contention, or or to contention. I can't even say back to contention because <laughs> well, I, I, know Car- I know Carl Anthony Towns is a great dude, very low-maintenance superstar, and anybody who knows anything about the NBA, including our very own Danny Cunningham, will tell you now that Anthony Davis has made his trade request, Giannis is is probably next if they can't figure out that contract. 
um, or at least whatever the next step in Giannis's career is, whether it's staying in Milwaukee or going somewhere else, that's the next big thing to pop in the NBA. But do we really believe that as good a guy, as low maintenance as Carl Anthony Towns is, that he won't be far behind if this thing doesn't get better soon? The dude wants to win. I mean, he, he might not be as vocal about it and might not be as vocal about the things holding them back from winning as some other NBA superstars are, but we, we're all agreed that he wants to win, right? So whatever path you take, right. it's gotta be, a, it's gotta be a quick path to contention or at least respectable basketball before we get to the place with Carl Anthony Towns that the Pelicans currently are in with Anthony Davis. Here's what I I would suggest or do if I was this team right now. I think what you do is you put the brakes on and and you get through this year and you don't I I don't want Layden making trades basically because he's going to be gone in, in my mind. So let's say you hire Chauncey in April or May, bring him in and say here here's the good, here's the bad. Here's the really bad. It's your job to now fix it. And and if you can trade, if you can attach a first-round pick in 2020, I guess at that time, to Andrew, do it. That's fine. But this is, I as much as I like dumping at times and making trades, I think I, I would basically freeze this franchise right now. And once I get done this spring and I get a new GM executive VP or a president of basketball operations, I would say go to work. It's a, it's a fair point. Although I'm not even sure if the edict was all right, Scott, Scotty, it doesn't matter what you get back in return. As long as you don't get an equally bad contract in return, this is literally about pick an asset, pair it with Wiggins and get rid of him and let this team start to gel as soon as possible without this, this anchor tied to their ankle. And I think back to Rami's question, too, about the, the, the short-term window. I agree with that. I don't think Carl Anthony, because Towns, he did just sign a max contract. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to be happy through the duration of it. So I think you have a three-year window to to capture his attention. I think it's a three-year window, and then if if this is a an Anthony Davis or, back in the day, a Kevin Garnett situation, then he'll have looked back and said, well, I've been here for five or six years now. And this franchise is the same old, same old. But I do think you have a three-year window to capture his attention. But that's not like that's not a very wide window. That's what I'm saying. So you, it can't just be stripped down to the studs and back to rebuilding. Uh, but twenty-seven million dollars will, you know, that'll open up some space for you to make some moves if you need to via trade or in for, not that you're again you're not going to get Anthony Davis in free agency in two years. I'm not naive enough to think that. But the Robert Covington type players, you can surround Carl Anthony Towns. Think about what you could do with $30 million if you were able to apply that all to free agent spending. Would you get one superstar max player? Maybe not. Would you get a Kyrie Irving? Maybe not. Maybe you don't even want him because he's just a malcontent in every locker room. (laughs) But could you put competent players around that are far better than Andrew Wiggins for that money? Absolutely. 100% yes. Yes, I think you can. But I think you have to be smart in the way you do it. And like I said, find the shortest distance Whatever that is between between where you are and being respectable and a contending basketball team to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy and engaged here in Minnesota because you're saying three or four years, but let's not forget Anthony Davis is making this demand with still another year left on his contract. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we can assume that you'll get to the last year of Carl Anthony Towns' contract before some sort of unhappiness is is expressed from him and his camp. But it wouldn't take that long because you, you've got Cat. So in this league, you've got the star. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not like you were searching for the star. You've got the star. 
So the question is, can you fill in around him with competent, good players? Yeah. It doesn't have to be you. You aren't going out and trying to find a superstar. You've got that, that guy. You're trying to keep him happy. And the most important thing, too, and this is why that he's going to have, Cat is going to have to be included in these conversations and decisions is he's going to have to be the guy at the forefront of going out and recruiting guys he wants, too. Like that's how the sport works, and that's fine. But this is all. This all has to be trimming, trimming at the payroll to create more. And Cat is is sort of the pseudo player GM then, who goes out and says, "Okay, that guy, that mm-hmm. guy, that guy." And and I would say that if you if you kept him as happy as possible and allowed him that role, your ability to mm-hmm. compete again could be pretty quick. Something else worth noting too: post Jimmy Butler. This is basically a playoff team. It's an above 500 team post Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. And, and if I think if you were to, I haven't looked up all the records of teams after game 11 or whenever it was that Jimmy Butler left, but this would be, I believe, a playoff team, despite the fact that Andrew Wiggins on a nightly basis sabotages their chances to win. Sabotages. He didn't get enough this weekend. Everyone was fixated on why. Why would you drop a play for 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 Luol Deng to shoot a three in the corner? Okay, well we can question that play call, but there were two loose balls in the final minute. Yeah, the loose and Wiggins ball is like awful. like blindfoldedly walking toward the ball, or he has terrible hands and couldn't pick him up. So I think again, if it's about all right, if you had to make that trade and get pieces back, how good would they really be? Well, the answer is a playoff team. I think they'd be a playoff team just because of how good Carl Anthony Towns is and some of their peripheral players. But to what John wrote, the most important thing. That target center is going to have to be the realization that this guy has to go. Like you can't, you can't How come. Not think you that? can't keep How coming you not think because that? you drafted him and paid him. And executives and guys that that own teams aren't necessarily always the most objective or brightest. And so they look at this and they're I. As much as we laugh about this, unfortunately, there is some truth to the whole storyline of Glenn looked this kid in the eye and said, "Do you do you want it?" And he said, "Yes." Like, we laugh about that, and it is outwardly funny, but inwardly, he then paid him. And so now he has to come to the realization that he basically got had. God, it's amazing. The, the, the poll results here, at Score North on Twitter, to get rid of Andrew Wiggins, which of these three would you be most willing to attach to him to make the trade happen? 67% say first-round pick, 18% say Robert Covington, 15% say Josh Akogi. Now, Robert Covington makes about ten or fifteen million dollars. So, could you find a team with forty-five million? You'd have to take something back to offset some of the. Yeah, you have to find a team with cap space, and then a team that would be willing to. Your best bet right now is for the Knicks to whiff in free agency and have a max slot available to trade to trade for Wiggins. Just somebody, because they will spend all their money. If they have a max slot open, they're going to give it to somebody. Whether it's Tim Hardaway Jr. or Andrew Wiggins, they're going to give it to someone. Yes. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Broadcast Studios on the all-new Score North on 1500. Well, we should definitely read this Maya Moore letter here, too, and dissect the public statement from Cheryl Reeve. Maya Moore is not going to play professional basketball this year if you missed the news from a couple hours ago. And I don't know. I, I, I read Cheryl Reeve's statement and thought, that's interesting. There's got to be more to that than has been portrayed publicly. So let's let's read that when we come back. And fill you in if you're just getting your, in your well two things if you're just getting in your car welcome to the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show and stay a while yeah <laughs> because... be careful and keep the guns away keep please. the guns put away please yes yeah. jeez road rage all abound here speaking of the TCL broadcast studios we are staring at a 55 inch TCL 4K Roku TV right now 
TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. And you can find them in any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Just go and take a look at a TCL TV for yourself. Tons of free content on channels like ABC, CW, YouTube, connected through that built-in Roku device. Hollywood blockbusters on channels like Amazon Video, Google Play. Uh, Not to mention live TV and live sports. And you can access over 140 sports channels, including NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, ESPN, Fox Sports Go, Big Ten Network to go plus health, fitness, and yoga channels. Rami does yoga. I do. Very flexible. Maybe you should check out one of the yoga channels on the TCL TV in here. I might just do that. You guys might come in one day, and I'll be in here in Downward Dog. Or uh, Warrior 2. Warrior 2 is Perhaps. a good one. Yeah, I'm out. prefer Bye. that See over Downward Dog. <laughs> yeah. So besides the most content, TCL TVs with the built-in Roku device are the easiest to use, and you can find out more at TCLUSA.com. Thank you, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Mackie and Judd with Rami. And if you missed it earlier, uh, Maya Moore is going to sit out the entire season. She's not going to play professional basketball in 2019. Let's start by reading Maya Moore's statement here, our article. Yeah, Players Tribune. Players Tribune. Players Tribune piece she wrote. Or that someone wrote for her and she approved. Okay, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. That's pretty much what the Players Tribune is, right? Publicists and ghostwriters write pieces and then you just say, yep, that looks good. Yep. Yes, Kevin Love didn't write that piece a few years ago. That's what it comes off as often. Yes. That it's somebody writing it for, ghostwriters writing it for these. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So Maya Moore, or a ghostwriter, with her approval, wrote, I will not playing professional basketball this year. There are different ways to measure success. The success that I've been a part of in basketball truly blows my mind every time I think about it. But the main way I measure success in life is something I don't often get to emphasize explicitly through pro ball. I measure success by asking, am I living out my purpose? I learned a long time ago that my purpose is to know Jesus and make him known. Some of you may have known about the verse from the Bible that I include in my autographs. Uh, I take the time to leave people with a little insight into into who is the foundation of my approach, passion, and motivation. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. My announcement is about how I'm shifting the focus to the whatever. My focus in 2019 will not be on professional basketball, but will instead be on the people in my family as well as on investing my time in some ministry dreams that have been stirring in my heart for many years. I will certainly miss the day-to-day relationships with my teammates and basketball family this season, but my no for the 2019 pro season allows me to say yes to my family and faith family like I never have before. I'm sure this year will be hard in ways that I don't even know yet, but it will also be rewarding in ways I've yet to see, too. I'm thankful to my Lynx family and others close to me who've been walking with me during this shift, and I'm excited to see what the future holds. And Cheryl Reeve had a statement that essentially just said the same things. Maya wants to focus on her religious work and uh, ministry dreams, etc. We wish her the best. But she also had a line about loyalty in the Simone Augustus re-signing press release a couple days ago that was felt like a little bit of a tweak to Maya Moore. What do you guys make of this? Do you think it's all on the surface here? Or do you think there are some underlying things behind the scenes financially? Um, I think to read what Maya wrote and not take away the fact, and you know what? She might be burned out too. And, and a player like her in that league is grossly underpaid. I get that. 
But I also read that and think this might be a person who's spiritual and believes deeply in God and has been playing pro sports year-round for X amount of years, a long time. I guess my my takeaway from what I read is I'm not going to be shocked. I think she's 29. I think she's going to be 30 in June. I'm not going to be shocked if she's done playing. This this to me this to me strikes me more as Barry Sanders than I'm not paid well and I'm going to I'm going to use God as a shield and basically blame this on God and I'm mad about my paycheck. This strikes me more of a Barry Sanders spiritual awakening. I'm burned out. I want to explore different things in life. I'll be totally upfront with you guys here. I practice full disclosure. It's it's something I believe strongly in and what we do for a living. I don't know enough about the situation to answer your question, so let me ask you this. What's what's the history here between Maya Moore and the Lynx? Have have there been rumblings or because like Judd said, I mean, a lot of a lot of the players in the WNBA have spoken out about what they feel is unfair pay that they're not they're they're not compensated fairly for what they do and a lot of them have taken to going to Europe rather than playing in the WNBA because it's a nicer payday there or or they go back and forth and play in both right. which is incredibly taxing have there been any rumblings that Maya Moore is is not happy with the links whether it's pay or something else or that she's not happy with the overall pay situation in the WNBA are there are there potential ulterior motives here that that we actually know about, or is this coming no. out of the clear blue sky? Clear blue sky, from what I can tell. Yeah, because there were rumblings uh, a few months ago that she wasn't going to play, and and we all assumed at that time it was about pay. But today's statement and piece that she published is completely new. If there is if there is nothing if there is nothing before this to lead me to believe that what she's saying there. Is not true that she has ulterior motives, and like Judd said, she's using she's using her faith and her family as a shield, which we've seen not just athletes, but a lot of people with you know uh, a public profile, whether it's a politician or or an actor or what any kind of celebrity, they will often say, "Well, I'm stepping away to go and spend more time with my family," when in fact they they may have a personal problem they need to go and deal with. They're yeah. not making enough money, and that's why they're actually leaving. If the, if there is if there are no other crumbs to take us down another trail, I don't see why I shouldn't believe her and take what she wrote or what somebody wrote for the Players Tribune at face value. So if 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 I just pulled up out of curiosity the uh, the parameters of WNBA salaries, and it's about what we suspected that the average WNBA salary is seventy one thousand dollars. Starting salaries are fifty thousand dollars, and I believe the cap is somewhere around one hundred ten or one hundred twenty thousand dollars per player. So, even the best players in the WNBA, and this is Diana Taurasi, sat out a full season to go make a million dollars in Europe. The best players are capped at one hundred ten, hundred twenty thousand dollars, whatever it is. So, I guess my question, and it's sort of a rhetorical question because it's just all in the eye of the beholder, if she made. Five million dollars instead of one hundred ten thousand dollars. Would she play pro ball this summer? Because that's the that's my main curiosity. Is this a hundred percent about? You know, there's some other things I'm passionate about, and basketball just doesn't do it for me anymore. And I want to go live for a higher purpose, or is it? I want to go live for a higher purpose because I feel like the compensation doesn't match up with what it should be for women professional basketball players in this country. That's the part I'm really curious about, and I don't know if we're going to get an actual answer from her. Couldn't it be an incredibly fair combination of just both? 
Like she's been playing year round for a long time. She's burned out. She's tired of not finally getting some substantial time off. She believes deeply in God, wants to do different things. I, I think, I think if you were to go to her now and say, okay, here's a one year, $5 million contract, that there's a good chance she'd say, okay, I'll play. But I don't think they can. Right? They can't. But I, but I guess. I'm trying to say, I think it could be a very fair combination of both things and her just coming to a conclusion that it's time to step back. See, Glenn finds a way to pay Joe Smith under the table 20 years ago, but he can't find a way <laughs> well, to sneak an extra and, couple million dollars to Maya bleeping more. And that's, that is a ridiculous thing about this league. I, I get, listen, if you've got an arbitrary point guard who's a nice player and you're like, I can't pay you, that's fair. But in this league, how can you not have like five exemptions of some sort to say you are a superstar you are we will pay you x amount and it's going to be your your teammates aren't going to like it and you are going to be compensated way more than most of your teammates but you were worth it because she's worth it so i don't get this league there was a time i'm pretty sure seems silly to me wasn't there a time where michael jordan made 30 million dollars a year and like all of his teammates made three million dollars or less in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, and they won championships. His with last that dynamic. three years in the league, he was working on one year contracts, thirty million each year. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but he's Michael Jordan, and she's right. Maya Moore. Right. But to your question, Phil, not to demean anybody's religion, but we we all have callings outside of what we do for a living, whether it's religion or something else. Like me, on the side, I do stand up comedy. And there are times where I sit back and go, man, maybe I should really just, maybe I should really take a crack at this stand-up comedy thing. Go to New York or go to L.A., you know what I mean? And, and just really go full for, just just commit all my energy and time into the stand-up comedy game and, and, and leave this radio thing behind. That's a thought I've had throughout times in my career. Would I have that thought if I was making seven figures? No, if probably I was, not. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So she, her calling, my calling is 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 outside of what I do for a living, something I take really seriously, is stand-up comedy. And it's something I've considered dedicating my life to. Her calling is ministry and religion. And, and, sh, and she's torn now. She's being pulled in the two directions of them. It's a lot easier to go in the direction of one when you're making $110,000. Yeah. Instead of versus going in in that direction when you're making a million dollars or four million dollars or five million dollars. And that's not to say that she would put money before religion, but this is just practical, real life thinking. Like you, it's, it's a lot harder and quite honestly, a lot dumber to walk away from millions versus a hundred thousand. Correct. And this is, and just to be clear, I'm not criticizing her for this decision at all. She's doing what makes her happy, and I'm sure there's more to the story, and maybe it'll come out at some point, and that's awesome. But it is a reflection on the difference between WNBA as a league, the NBA as a league, WNBA salaries versus NBA salaries, and how easy it is for one of the top players in women's basketball to say, you know what, I'm not going to play this year. I'm in the middle of her prime. Like that one, I think I, I guess like Michael Jordan did that one time, but that was for you know burnout reasons. I think if she was greedy, like if this was bottom line, you people aren't paying me. Uh, I think you do what Tarazi did and go to Europe and make a million dollars and are like, I'm quitting the links too bad because she's not doing it that way. I think that there's way more here that uh, that goes beyond the financials. Let's take one quick. Call on this. Mackie and Judd with Rami, 651-646-8255. Andrew and Annandale. What's up, Andrew? Hey, guys. Uh, Rami, welcome to the cities. Thank you, man. Um, 
Hey, so quick question. What is the relationship between the NBA and the WNBA? In terms then, of, in terms of well, it, I mean, the promotionally very close, and a lot of the owners of WNBA teams also own NBA franchises. But it's not a prereq it's not a prerequisite to have a WNBA franchise, right? Okay, so I guess my question or my comment is: with a league as progressive as the NBA is, and a guy like Adam Silver, how the heck do they get away with paying women so much less? And I understand the league doesn't make as much. But just percentage-wise, if they're only getting 38% of the proceeds as opposed to, what, 51% in the NBA, how does that league get away with that and not get criticized? Let's, uh, you know what, that, Andrew, that's a fair question. We should come back and answer that on the other side. And there's a bunch of football-y football things we can dive into here, too. But Because I've just pulled up a couple articles kind of wondering the same thing that Andrew just asked, which is, all right, is to what degree... Our finances completely separate between WNBA and NBA, and you know, in this case, if one of your best players can just easily step down, and that might be rectified. Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you could have offered her ten million dollars, and she would have said, Mm-mm, "It's not my calling anymore." In which case, okay. But if you could double her salary and keep her around and set a new precedent, is that such a bad thing? I don't know. Let's talk about it more. We can Mackie and Jeb with Rami, and uh, we're powered in part, at least, by. One of my favorite places in the Twin Cities, Luther Brookdale Toyota. In fact, if you're in traffic right now around 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, you're sitting around anyway. You're literally sitting there for probably another hour. Just get off on Brooklyn Boulevard and uh, and sneak in there and say hi to my friends in that service department, Steve and Dwayne and Jeremy and everybody else. Go check out some of the new 2019 models, the RAV4, Camry, Corolla, I love these brand new Camrys and just how sleek that exterior looks. And you'll love the interior technology and the safety features on all these new Toyotas as well. Uh, reverse cam is a pretty standard function now, but I love the Entune system, that touchscreen in your middle console, giving you access to all kinds of different apps. Heck, you can book dinner from your from your hopefully stopped, not moving 70 miles an hour vehicle, although I don't think you can do that anyways because Toyotas are safe. They don't let you be reckless with your Entune system. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 2. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed, the way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back, because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.